0: Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. So, uh, my name's Jared. I'm the lead pastor here. It's good to see all of you this morning. Um, You know, so the last month or so, we've been talking a lot about uh, this season that we're moving into as a church um, that I'm so excited for it. You know, we've been talking a lot about getting ready, getting geared up. Um, We spent a lot of time this month doing midweek services, really collecting our hearts together, being unified as a church to move in one direction so that we can uh, be a consistent, life giving presence in our city, right? In the neighborhoods around us. And so, um, you know, we've talked to a lot of different people um, in and out. You know, a lot of people have been in and out, and it's all leading to next Sunday. And we've been talking about it. And so, so, the reason we actually moved our chili cook off and fall festival to next Sunday is because it was supposed to be today, but we found out that half of our church was going to be gone. So, that's uh, one of the reasons we moved it. But we've been spending all of this time thinking and talking about what's happening, right? And I don't think it's a coincidence. I, I, I just think, I think it's, it's so interesting that what took place yesterday. In, a, in Squirrel Hill, that it's so timely. Not that in any sense that, that, uh, that the Lord took, caused that. Of course not. We're saying that, that, that an evil individual, out of the evil of his heart, did what took place yesterday. But the Lord was well aware of what was happening, what was going to happen. And I believe that it is, we are positioned for right at this time. And so I started the week not knowing what was going to happen yesterday uh, by writing a message called Just Getting Started to kind of lead us into this place of where uh, we're getting ready, right? Yesterday we went out and we passed out 3,000 door hangers inviting our community to, to come and experience the goodness of God, right? And we are doing that on every Sunday, but particularly we created an event to, to say, hey, come to this fun thing. And we have more than we would like to give out. And just to reiterate what Mary said, if, if you would be willing to take 30 minutes, maybe even an hour this week to say, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll go to Lawrenceville or I'll go to parts of Highland Park or I'll even do it in my own neighborhood. If you'd be willing to take a stack of those invite cards and would just take 30 minutes or an hour this week and just put them out in, in, in some areas we can tell you or if you want to do them in your own neighborhood, please let me know. I'll be at the Connection Center right after. We have plenty for you to give. We want to give them out. I believe that what's happening is we're about to move into a season that is, that is an, an opportunity for us to, to reach people. And more than ever, I believe it is so important. And here's what I want to say to you today. And I, as I was preparing this message this week, obviously what happened yesterday, I just felt so strongly that the Lord wanted me to kind of modify a little bit of what I'm going to say. But I want to begin with this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 13. And before I I read it, there's so much of what Jesus says. How many of you have ever heard when Jesus has said, those who have ears to hear, let him listen, or those who have eyes to see, let them see. Have you ever heard that in scripture? What does that mean? Jesus is calling his people. There is a reality in the world and I am speaking to you what matters the most. And if your heart is right, hear what I'm about to tell you because it is incredibly important. That's what he's saying. If you have ears to hear, pay attention. If you have eyes to see, open them because what I'm about to say to you is critical. Now, so in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says this. He says, this is why I speak to people in parables because those seeing, they don't see. And though hearing, they don't hear and they don't understand. Pause. Okay? At this point, Jesus is talking to his disciples, be talking about to the hundreds and thousands of people who he have preached to, he's healed bodies, he has spoken to them, he's done wonderful miracles, he's taught them, and he's saying, I speak to them in parables because I try to explain the goodness of who God is or the salvation that's about to come, and they don't understand. So I speak in parables, which is wonderful. But then he's talking to his disciples right here, and he says, but blessed are your eyes because they see, and blessed are your ears because they hear. Now, why is that significant? Because I believe That's what God is saying to us today. Blessed is encounter church who has heard the calling of the Lord for what he wants to do in this city. And for those of us who will stand up and say, I've heard you, God. I have seen the need in this city. And I will do my part. I will come along. blessed are those people. I believe that God wants to use us, and I believe he is just getting started. And the events that took place yesterday in Squirrel Hill is just a confirmation that this world needs Jesus. There is no other salvation but him. He needs to be seen. The world needs to see hope. They need to see life. They need to see the, the goodness and the light that is available in each one of us because of it. And so I want to ask you a few questions this morning about this new season ahead. And I want you to leave challenged today. I believe that for us, the proper proper atmosphere that we should leave with is one of challenge. One of challenge. Originally, I wrote this message and wanted us to leave fired up, right? Excited. I wanted us to be like, yeah, rah, rah. Like, let's go. Next Sunday, we're on it. And I want that for us. But I feel in my heart that this morning, it's more important for us to leave feeling challenged. Challenged. The world has risen up yesterday. And in other days, did you know, not just in Pittsburgh, there were three other hate crimes that took place in our nation yesterday? The world has risen up and reared its head and has challenged the church of Jesus Christ. And will we respond? And so, here's my question for you. The first question we need to consider this morning is, where are you? Where are you? I believe that God has placed each of us in a unique time in history. A unique time in history, and it's so important for us to read the times, to know what is important, to see what is, what is happening. And did you know that in First Chronicles, in the Old Testament, there is a group of people that the Bible actually calls out as individuals who were uniquely gifted with seeing and understanding. And so we take from this very small verse, this passage of scripture, and use it as a principle or an application point that we need to understand the times that we are in. Listen to this in first chronicles chapter twelve, verse thirty-two, it says, For the men from Issachar, which was one of the tribes of Israel, the Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. There was issues that were taking place in their society, in their nation at the time. And they were like, what do we do to address these problems? What could we possibly do? And God directed them to a specific group of people, men who knew the times and who understood what should happen. We are in a unique time in history right now where the church of Jesus Christ has an opportunity to reverse what people have thought about the church. And you know what? Even if we don't want to speak about the global church, let's talk about Encounter Church. There are people in our city today who are hurting. There are people in our city right now who are brokenhearted. There are people in our city right now who are angry at the church for years of abuse that have taken place. There are people all over who need to see a true representation of a life that has been changed and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And each one of us in the room today have that within us. They don't need to see another preacher. What they need to see is an everyday average Joe or Jane in their workplace. They need to see a normal person who can speak the goodness of the gospel into darkness. We need to be people who see and understand the times that right now, Greater than any other time is the time for us as a church to rise up and to say we will not allow the darkness to overtake our city because the gospel has called us to be the light of the world. Now, here comes a part that I wanted to to modify a little bit from it. As I was praying yesterday, I said, God, is there something different you want me to say in addition to what I would already written down? And I just felt so clearly. The first thing that popped in my head was Matthew chapter 5. It's not on the screen. If you have the Bibles, Bibles with you or if you have a, a smartphone, get the Bible app. You can look at it on your phone here or on a tablet. We also have free Bibles for you out in the lobby. Please don't leave without a Bible today. Matthew chapter 5, this is Jesus' words speaking in verse 14. Matthew 5 verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, this is a command from our Savior, Imagine Jesus right now standing next to me on the stage right here saying, the events that took place yesterday in the same way. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are placed in a unique time in history. And I believe that God is saying to us today, he's saying, encounter church, will you be the light in the east end? Will you be the city on a hill that cannot be hidden? Will you put your light on a pedestal? And what does that mean for us as individuals? I believe that it means that, that oftentimes we have a light and we love the light of Jesus in our lives. We come to church and we go to life groups and we go to lunch together and we enjoy that. But sometimes we aren't willing to to display our faith as though it is a banner on top of our house or we don't put it on a stand in our lives. In other words, when we go to school or we go to work, you know, or when we're out in our community, we're at a concert, whatever, and we're talking to people, right? In relationships, we don't always, we're not searching for ways to let that light beam out. You know, at Christmas time, what do we do? We like to display our Christmas tree as close to a window as possible. Why? Why? so that people can see it. Are we as Christians though, are we putting the lamp in the window of our hearts and of our lives so that people can see it as bright as possible? Or are we putting our lamp, our light of Jesus, the hope that can save the world, are we putting it in the corner so that people wouldn't know maybe I'm a Christian? I'm not saying you're you're thinking that consciously, but perhaps subconsciously. I don't know what people would think about me if I told them that I was a Christian or if I, if I told them that the hope of what Jesus Christ offers could save them or could offer something to them. You know, we oftentimes will kind of put that lamp and we let it burn bright so that it warms our hearts, so it warms the home of our bodies, but we don't put it in the front so that the light radiates and illuminates the darkness. And I believe that right now in this time in history as an individual and as a body that encounter church, we are called to be the light of the world and not just Let it be on a Sunday morning. We are called to be the lamps outside. On Sunday next week, we're inviting our entire community to come here and to experience the warmth and the hope of Jesus Christ. That's why we walked out and put those door hangers. Every one of those is like a little tiny lamp that we're saying, come see. Come and see. My calling to you today is Jesus is just getting started, but are we going to go with him? Are we going to follow after him? Are we going to stand up and say, this city needs Jesus? And sometimes the darkness looks like it is so overwhelming. I understand that. We see on the news every other day some horrible tragedy, and this time it hit home. And if that's what it takes for us to get off of our chairs and to rile ourselves up, then so be it so that we can be the church that Jesus has called us to be. Sometimes it feels so overwhelming. What could I possibly do? What could we possibly do to change things? Listen, it's one life at a time. We have a a value. One of our core values as a church is all in for the one. The one. If there's just one life that we could save, if there's just one person who's brokenhearted after the events that took place yesterday, or any other thing, Jesus says they're worth it. And I know that from the illustration that he taught of the 99 sheep that were safe, and he went out and found the one. All in for the one. What could we do? And you know, there's another verse in the Bible that talks about the power of the light. I think sometimes. We don't necessarily feel as though we have the ability to change something. And I think part of it is because we don't understand the power that lives within us. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, the light of Jesus Christ dispels darkness. When we display Jesus Christ in our lives, the darkness that's around us, the hatred, the bigotry, discrimination, whatever you want to call it, evil, when we wear Jesus Christ like a badge on us, when we put him front and center in our lives and in our communities, in our relationships, when we are unashamed, when we are bold with Jesus Christ in our lives, it dispels darkness. It promises to dispel darkness. Let us be a people that in this unique time of history, that we will stand up and understand and allow God to dispel the darkness. Where are you? where are you? I believe this is not just a huge opportunity for us, but it is a huge responsibility. We must, we must be light in our city. We must. And so we are more committed than ever to reaching out and being a consistent, life-giving, and might I say light-giving presence in our community. Number two, the question I would ask is, what do you need? What do we need in order to do this? To be the people that God wants us to be in this new season. I would say this to you, is that God has given you everything that you need. He has given us everything that we need to accomplish what he has called us to do today. I believe that. How do I know that? Well, there's a few scriptures that talk about this, that God will provide. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything that we need. Well, thanks for that, because it's right there everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory in goodness. His divine power has given us everything that we need. So if you're wondering, how do I have the strength to go out? When, I, when I'm out with people, I, I clam up or I'm, I'm, I'm anxious or Listen. All it takes is your willingness, and the Bible promises that the Spirit of God will empower you. In fact, it says that His power is made perfect in your weakness. So when you are weak, when you are at your worst, when you are not, you know, on your A game, that's actually when God has the ability to move the most. And I cannot tell you how many Sundays I get up here. This is your pastor, just being honest with you. How many Sundays I get up here after a long week or a frustrating season, or whatever it is, and I say, God. You have, I I believe you've given me this message to share to our church, but you have got to be the one to deliver this because if it comes from me, it's going to fall flat. I need your power. I need your words to preach through me so that it will change hearts. Pastor Jared can speak eloquently, right? I can write a message that can put together something that might be persuasive, but frankly, it's not good enough. Only the power of God is what changes hearts, right? Right? And the only thing that can change is God, and he lives within me. He lives within you. You have everything that you need in order to do what God has called you to do. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 reflects the same thing. It says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. What do you need in order to fulfill God's dream for the city? What do you need to be a light in the world? You have it. If you are a child of God, if you have said, yes, Jesus, be my Savior, the word of God says that the Spirit lives within you. Therefore, you have the words that you'll need to say in the moment. The Bible says that. Don't worry about what you'll say because in that moment, he will give you the words to say to a friend who is in need or someone who is broken. You just have to be willing. He said, but God, I don't have money to to give to this person who's in, in need. God will provide it for you. That is the life of faith is saying, I don't have right now, but I will step forward believing that my God will provide according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What do we need? God has given everything we need to accomplish what he has called you to do today. The third question I would ask is, what is your focus? What is your focus? It's simply this. I believe that we need to focus on what God is doing and just get behind it. Again, right? There's a scripture in the, in the Old Testament, I believe it's in Proverbs, it says, man makes his plans, but God's purposes are what prevails. We can spend all of our time coming up with strategies and ideas, putting our money and our efforts and our time and our energy towards all sorts of fundings and causes and social justice campaigns, and those things are good. But in the end, as a Christian and as a church, what is God doing And let's get behind that because he is a steam train already going down the track. Nothing is going to stop him. So for us, let's get behind it. And right now, I know what God is calling Encounter Church to do. And that is to be a life-giving presence in our community. And we will do it. And I promise you that as we move into our community, as we love people, as we give them chili, as we give them caramel apples and and fun days, and then other days in the year, we're gonna be serving them and fixing homes and serving the homeless and all sorts of things that we're going to do every year consistently over and over and over again, because that's what God is doing as we stand behind him, as we walk behind him. You watch how the power of God changes people's lives. You watch how God brings people in this church and you'll see miracles taking place in their lives and in your own. Let's see what God is doing. Focus on what God is doing. Let's get behind it. That's the answer. You want to know what should we be focusing on as a church? Just focus on what God is doing and get behind it. And our last question today is what is possible? What's possible? What could happen? Is it possible for God to dispel the light or the darkness in our city with his light? Is it possible that crime, you know, could cease? Is it possible that maybe another one of these attacks would not happen? Listen, that's not the question we should be asking. The question is, is what can I be a part of? And what could the one person's life be changed? The more people that are changed, the more a city begins to change. When one person, and then another person, and then another person, that's how life change takes place is one step at a time, one day at a time, one person at a time. Let's not be overwhelmed by the, the, by the thousands of people who live in the city. Let's not be overwhelmed by the, the, by the sounds of hatred that we see on the news. No, instead, let's know that God cares for the one. And as he brings us to one person and he changes their life, they become one that now reaches out to others. Let's be focused on it. What is possible? So many things are possible. I believe that God is just getting started. And he is able to do more things than we could even imagine it's a good thing I mentioned that, because guess what? The Bible actually says this very thing. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Immeasurably. That means you can't count it. He is able to do something you could not count more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I feel like I could imagine a lot of things. But what this is saying is that to him, he is able to do more things than we could ever imagine or even ask according to his power that is at work within us. Again, it's inside of us. The darkness is not able to overcome what is within us. The relationships that are broken or disconnected, they are no match for the power of Jesus that lives within inside of us according to his power that is work within us, to be him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. You see, God is just getting started, and he is able to do more than we could ever imagine. And that's where faith comes into play. Do we believe that God has the ability or even the desire to change a broken heart? Do we believe that God can and wants to and will, if we are willing, to go out and meet people who are far from him? Do we believe that he can restore their marriages? Do we believe that God wants to restore their marriages? Do we believe that God wants to restore the finances of people who are in debt up to their eyeballs? Do we believe that God wants to bring the far from him, the brokenhearted, to his home to be brought into relationships? Do we believe that? In faith, he is able to do far more than we could ever imagine or ask. So, why don't we start asking? why don't we start imagining and let's, again, focus, get behind it. God, I want Encounter Church to be a beacon in this community. I want the people in Morningside to know about Encounter Church. I want the people in Highland Park and in Friendship and Lawrenceville and Bloomfield and Stanton Heights and Garfield, I want them to know that they can rely on this church to meet their needs. I want them to know above all that when they're hurting, when they're broken, when something terrible like happened yesterday happens, that the first thing they think, Is I need to go to church. I need to go to encounter church because I know that they have something I don't. God, that's what I want. That's my prayer. That's our prayer. Let's begin to pray that and believe that God will make it happen. Right now, it seems hard for us. We're just a tiny church. There's like 30 of us sitting in the room right now. Like, what could we possibly do? No, I believe that God has called us to this. And as each one of us say, I will, I will go with you, I will walk with you, Jesus, as you touch the people of this community. As I come along with you, I will begin to see. People say, you know what? Wow, that place. Those people are different. They've got something that I don't have. And when they come and they reach, they meet, they meet us and they reach out to God. Then He meets them. Now, guess what happens? They become the person. They go back to their community. They go back to their neighborhoods and they say, "You guys have got to come to this place. That is what's possible." And before you know it, before you know it, we'll see people sitting in our chairs next to us, people that we didn't know. I believe it could happen next week. I believe it'll happen in the weeks to come. Whether one person or zero people or a hundred people come next week from our door hangers, it doesn't matter because we're coming with God. I'm not walking after him and then five steps down the road I go, oh, it doesn't look like it's working. I guess I'll sit out. No. No, no, no. This church is here for the long term. We're in this community for the long term. We will be a life-giving, consistent life-giving presence. You understand that? It takes a commitment. Are you committed to it? Are you going to come along? I believe God is just getting started. What is possible? God is just getting started and He is able to do more through you or us than we could ever imagine. Would you stand with me? Close your eyes with me and I want to ask a couple of questions just for thought for you. Just kind of use it as a moment as we close. We're going to sing a song together and And just take this as a moment to kind of cap off what God has spoken today. I believe that God has really spoken to our hearts. I believe He's challenged us. Here's a couple questions that I think might be, begin thinking through and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. First question is this what area of your life could be better used for God's glory? Are there areas of your life, of my life, that, that I keep reserved to myself that perhaps if I said, God, let use it for your glory, what are those areas? Is it your personal time? Maybe it's finances. Perhaps I'm spending a portion of my money and God says, you know what? You could give that to the church. You could give that to missions. You could give that to an agency that is helping people. I don't know. Is there a way to, that a space or an area of our lives that would be better served giving god glory for it. Here's a follow-up question to that using the resources that god has given you, what steps do you need to take today to do what god has called you to do? What steps do you need to take today? For some of you, a resource is time. You need to start serving. Saying, "You know what? I'm in on this mission." For some of you, it's your finances to give to this mission. For some of you, it's volunteering at a soup kitchen. For some of you, it's inviting people into your home. For some of you, it's meeting your neighbor who lives right next to you, that you've been living next to for three years and never spoken a word to. There's all sorts of ways and opportunities for us to begin using the resources, the time that we have, the energy that we have, our motivations and our money, our finances, our resources, to use them so that we can be a light in the darkness finally, how might a change of perspective help you unlock new opportunities for God to work through you? How could a change of perspective, seeing as though you are God's chosen instrument, you are the light of the world. Jesus began his ministry by saying, I am the light of the world. And then he shifted it when he had his disciples and said, you are the light of the world. Each one of us, if we could imagine that perspective and shift that perspective, not from a place of, you know what like, I'm weak. I don't have the time. I I can't. What could I do? And we shifted to saying, no, we are called in this unique time in history. We have been given everything that we need because the spirit of God lives within us. God is already moving and I'm just going to follow him into the world and being the light in the darkness. That perspective shift changes to I'm going to go and I'm going to trust in faith that he is going to work through me. What could that possibly do? Imagine The people you might meet. Imagine the people who are far from God that He could draw to Him. So let's pray. Father, that is what we want. God, we want to be a church. We want to be Christians, followers of You that will be the light in the dark. God, I pray that this week, wherever we go, at work, while we're at home, maybe at a grocery store, that you would give us opportunities clear-cut opportunities to be light in this dark world. God, if we have the opportunity to, to touch someone who is affected directly or maybe even indirectly by the events that took place yesterday in Squirrel Hill, that we would be so sensitive to your Spirit speaking to us to be a light for them, to give kind words, to share the goodness of the gospel with them. God, would you give us the ability? Would you give us the drive, the passion? Challenge us. We hear your challenge today. We accept that challenge today. We will be light in this dark world. We will be light in this neighborhood, in this city of Pittsburgh. Encounter Church will be known as a church that reaches its community, that stands up against evil, that meets needs in this community. We will be that church and individually, I will be a part of that church. Tell God that yourself if that's you today. I will be a part of that mission. I will be light in this world. I will be light in my circle of influence. And We ask, God, that you would expand our circle of influence as a body, as a church, and as individuals. Would you grow it, God? Let people see this place as a refuge. Let us build consistency in our city let your light shine so bright. God, let us be passionate about shining your light. We love you and thank you, God. We pray now that you would bring people to this house next week and in the months to come, God, fill this house with people from this city who needs hope, people who are looking for relationships. God, let us go out into our city, into our communities, into our neighborhoods and bring people. Let's invite them. God, may the door hangers that we have placed and will place this week, may in the name of Jesus Christ, let them be drawing forces to this building. God, we are standing with you. We are walking behind you and trusting in faith, knowing that you are going to do great things. In Jesus' name, amen.